1: It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the fin side. side. It ain't the left side
0: Hello, side Dolphins fans, the right, and welcome right to another side. episode of On the Fin Side. Here with Brian Catanzaro Kat, and Paul Pickin. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, iTunes, and on YouTube as well. We're here taking a deep dive into our the Miami Dolphins free agency class. That took place this past week. Paul and I went through the Dolphins' needs last week with a few different positions, so we're going to take a look back at those needs and see how the Dolphins addressed them this past week. So, Paul, uh, very interesting stuff. Uh, you know, before free agency even really kicked off, we did get some good news, uh, things that we didn't think were going to happen. Uh, Dolphins re-signed Kenny Stills, four years, $32 million, as well as Andre Branch, three years, $24 million too. So what were your reaction to those two signings? A little little much, a little less than you thought they'd be?
1: I I love the fact that Kenny Stills re-signed for less than he was even being offered out on the market. I love what Miami got him for. And I really looked at that as one of those moments that people are going to point back at and say, this was one of the defining moments that showed the transition of culture in Miami. This is one of those signings that basically says, like, okay, this player truly wanted to be here. He took probably two and a half million less than he was going to get out, out there on the market per year. And because he wanted to be in Miami, because he wanted to be with Adam Gase. And I love the signing. This is an ascending player that we know what we're getting. And on top of that, look, I absolutely love Devontae Parker's potential as much as the next guy but he's also a player that hasn't gotten there yet. There's questions about his work ethic. There are four or five interceptions I can point to last year that essentially were really due to a lackadaisical effort on, on Parker's part. So getting Kenny Stills locked up is one key piece, and, and I absolutely loved it. Now, if you look at the branch re-signing, I love the re-signing. Holy crap, he uh, exceeded the number I was expecting by quite a little bit. I mean, I was expecting a cap out somewhere in the six to seven million a year range. So seeing him re-signed for about nine was a little high, but you know what? It balances out between the two of them, and I still love the signing because it is a pretty sparse defensive end covered out there in free agency.
0: If you were to tell me the Dolphins re-signed Kenny Spell and Branch, and collectively, how much would they cost? Yeah, I would say about combined seventeen million, and that's what the Dolphins got them back for. Yeah, Andre Branch, definitely more than I thought it would be. But I understood the move because the Dolphins could not go into free agency with just Cameron Wake on the roster because then they're really being held at the mercy of these three or four other defensive ends out there that were signed, like Jabal Sheard, like Dayton Jones here today. Yeah, so – it made sense with Andre Branch. And, yeah, Kenny Stills, when I heard that the Dolphins re-signed Kenny Stills and there was about an hour where we didn't quite know how much, I was thinking, oh, my gosh, they really gave this guy, you know, five years, $55 million because they were afraid to lose their deep threat. But when it turned out to be four years, $32 million, I was pretty surprised because I thought if he hit the open market with the money teams are throwing around, he would have gotten north of $10 million a year. So glad to have Kenny Stills back. Second in the AFC in yards per catch, second in the AFC in touchdowns last year at 24 years old. That's a heck of a player to get back right here at just at $8 million a year. Paul, let's take a dive into our needs that we established from from last week. We started out with my top need defensive end last week. And so this week we're going to start out with your top need, which was my second, and that's offensive guard. Signed Ted Larson, a, a guard from the Chicago Bears, also has the ability to play center. Is this kind of what you were expecting out there in free agency, or were you disappointed they didn't throw out more money for a better player?
1: I'd say I was disappointed, but I, I'm still disappointed as, as we look forward here. Uh, I don't love the immediate impact of most guards in the draft class, and really that coverage getting awfully bare out there in free agency. Now, Larson, he's – we'll we'll go with meh at guard, and he's an okay center. And really, I'd almost view him better as a backup for Pouncey than I would as a a reliable starting offensive guard. And that worries me because I think the best available sitting out there right now is probably Jari Evans, who got released from the Saints, Jermon Bushrod, who we're all familiar with, who's essentially said that if he doesn't resign with Miami, he'll probably retire and Ibushi so other than that every single player I looked at is completely gone including some that got released in the past week so Miami's got their work cut out for them at guard this is something that could be the make or break of the offense because really everywhere else on offense we're pretty well set
0: guard when you look at the roster now Paul it's Ted Larson Craig Erbick Anthony Steen definitely not good enough at the time i understood why the Dolphins stayed out of the guard market when you looked at what a few of these players got. It's like Kevin Zeitler, five years, $60 million. Uh Luke Jokel got a lot of money. Yeah, it, Not a whole heck of a lot to get unless you're willing to spend ten to $12 million a year. I would have still considered signing Kevin Zeitler for $12 million a year because I think you plug him and you play him, and you've got a Pro Bowl right guard for the next five or six years. Dolphins stayed out of the market, and I actually do like Ted Larson. I've seen and play a little bit. I think he's a solid player. Definitely strength is run blocking, and he can also play center. So I like the pickup at three years, 5.6 million. But yeah, there is a monstrous hole at that guard spot. And I'll tell you, one thing that I believe, is, or I've always believed in the draft too, is in the first couple of rounds, I am totally fine taking an interior lineman. I mean, I've always been fine taking offensive linemen. I do like the immediate impact they have. And I'll tell you, one player who I wouldn't mind them looking at in the first round that we'll get to in future weeks that everybody else would hate, but I would love. And that's Forrest Lamp, the guard from Western Kentucky. If we're talking about 10 to 12 million a year for these tackles and guards, I mean, hell, Matt Khalil, who's been terrible for the Vikings got 11 million a year to play left tackle for the Panthers. If we're talking about having Laramie Tunzel and Forrest Lamp at left tackle and left guard on rookie contracts for the next four years, I would take that and I think it would make a dramatic impact on the rest of the offense.
1: Yeah, in in most years, I mean we we've, we've been doing this show together long enough now that you know, I've never been shy about like, dude, I want an offensive lineman in that first round. Here's the offensive lineman that I want. And yeah, Forrest Lamp does look like he's got a lot of promise. But for me as and we we'll, I know we'll dive deeper into this, we look at the other needs that this team has and that they need an impact starter immediately. That's part of why I wanted Miami to answer with a veteran presence at guard. And to be honest with you, right now, I, I'm struggling with the fact that I almost would have preferred another year at Tunzel at left guard and Brandon Albert at tackle because we still really need two starting caliber guards at this point. And I'm not sure where they're going to come from unless you take away from these other positions that you need an impact player right away.
0: That's what I didn't get to, Paul. I mean, if. When you look at who the Dolphins signed here in free agency, and we'll get to them. If you're gonna sign players and for twenty that are twenty nine to thirty-three years old, like the Dolphins did out here in free agency, and you're gonna spend twenty five to thirty million for this year doing it, why didn't you just keep Brandon Albert and keep Laramie Tunzel left guard for another year? Because the Dolphins have clearly sent the message that they're more in a win now mode than I would have liked them to send in that message, but yeah, I, I I mean, Brandon Albert, I know he was declining, but I thought you could have got another solid year out of him. I thought Tunzel would have been fine playing left guard for another year. And if you keep that line healthy, big if, then that unit played really well together last year. And it was during the Dolphins' best time of the season, too. Anyway, we're spending a lot of time here at the guard spot. The Dolphins definitely need to do something about this, too. Uh, second need that we identified, actually my first need last week, was defensive end. Got a lot of attention with Andre Branch, and also I liked the William Hayes trade. I, I got a text message at like 12.30 at night, so it was a late night, late Saturday night trade. I like this guy. I mean, he's almost 32 years old, but he's a very good edge setter. He's uh, going to make $5.5 million this year in a three-man rotation. I thought it was a move the Dolphins really had to make. And now you have a pretty good three-man rotation heading into the, the NFL draft.
1: No, I, I agree with you there. It, it's You really do. I, I Because of the fact they haven't gone after a guard, I'd almost like to see them go out and get somebody to supplement over on the other side a little bit and kick inside sometimes on passing downs. A guy like an Oddrick or a McDaniel, maybe a Kendall Reyes, and look at something along those lines. But I love the Hayes trade. I mean, it, it, and as Hayes himself put it, they traded him for – a coffee maker, and a stapler, which I'll take that all day. They also reworked the trade to drop his cap number down a little bit this year. Uh, but but he is going to be that guy, in my opinion, that comes in there on first and second down, keeps Cam Wake fresh for those passing downs, and does everything we've said we want to see for that left defensive end spot and keeps Cam Wake fresh and, and at his most effective going down the stretch here. So I absolutely love the Hayes resigning. I liked getting Branch back because he's decent against the run and more than decent against the pass. So, you know, maybe we see somebody else come in that'll rotate with him a little bit over on that right-hand side. But there's a lot that can be done here now, and really I think that defensive end position is shaping up well.
0: And it wouldn't surprise me either when you look at the depth at defensive end projected in this draft that the Dolphins add another defensive end in the first two or three rounds. Would not surprise me. Deion Jordan does he figure in the picture somewhere? I don't know. My guess is no, based on everything I've seen, but you never know. And maybe maybe the Dolphins take a look at him at linebacker. But regardless, Deion Jordan's going to be a bonus. Paul, our third need that we identified was the linebacker spot. The Dolphins came away with Lawrence Timmons, two years, twelve million dollars. Your thoughts?
1: Um, as far as being a run plugger, absolutely. I mean, given given the way this defensive scheme is designed with the wide nine, you need run support in the middle of that defense we we've seen that that's what timmons specializes in he might just be a two-year stopgap, but kicking kiko out to the weak side is a good thing makes kiko even more effective and really our run defense if we can figure out that third linebacker and maybe that is beyond jordan um looks pretty good i mean it, it's and we've we've actually got the ability to cover some tight ends, from, at least from that weak side backer spot, and we'll see what we end up with a strong side backer. Strong side is still a need unless they're planning on playing Neville Hewitt out there, but that's the only spot that's still really a need. Everything else is depth at this point.
0: Yeah, Lawrence Timmons, I can't make any bones about it. I did not like the signing whatsoever. Uh, to me, this is a declining football player, 31 years old, and uh, you know this is somebody who's been in the trenches there, for 10 straight years. Yeah, yeah, I know he's been durable, but the guy's wearing down. And you watch him against New England and how they really spread the field against Lawrence Timmons and targeted him. Yeah, they did with wide receivers, but that's what the Patriots do. I think you're not playing to beat your division when you sign Lawrence Timmons. Yeah, I know he's a good run plugger. I know he's a good veteran leader, but I I would have preferred – the Dolphins take a look at players like Kevin Minter and Zach Brown, who are actually, as of right now, still out there in free agency. They're younger. They have more upside. I, I would have preferred one of those players. So not a fan of Lawrence Stones. But the good thing is you do improve your run defense. You do allow Kiko Alonzo to play outside linebacker. And now linebacker is not a huge need for you, for you for the next year or two. But overall, I, I would have preferred to go with somebody else. Paul, the defensive tackle spot. You know, this is something we probably would just skip by normally. But on Wednesday, the Dolphins are bringing Don Terry Poe into town. Uh, you know, this is something who is open to a one-year, let's try and see it deal. And I, I think that would be a huge sign-in here for the Miami Dolphins. You put him in between Cameron Waken and Dominican Sue. Number one, in Poe's point of view, I don't see what better opportunities you would have than to be, be between two players like that. Number two, the Dolphins would get a huge mammoth run stopper to take on these double teams, allowing Indominic and Sue and Cameron Wake to be one on one in some of these situations. So, this is a move. I think at the end of the day, I don't see the Dolphins signing him. I think the Colts and Falcons have a little bit more money than we do, but would be a huge addition to land on Terry Poe for
1: the Dolphins. It would. For me, I'd still prefer someone like Hankins or a player with positional versatility, like we talked about before in an Audrick or a McDaniel because I do want to see Jordan Phillips getting a decent number of snaps, not all the snaps, but a decent number of snaps in, in these games and, and developing for the future. And that's where I look at a guy like Hankins. Hankins might come in on first and second down, be that run plugger. And then you, you flip-flop Jordan Phillips out of the field and keep him fresh for passing downs when you bring in him and Cameron Wake. And suddenly, pff, holy crap, you know, you're really – blowing up that backfield on passing downs but again I mean Dontari Poe wouldn't be a bad signing I I just there's something in me that does not love the idea even though I do think we need a defensive tackle I'd be okay with
0: Hankins too and you know I've always liked Tony McDaniel and, and Jared Odrick former Dolphins if it comes to them you know I'm fine with that too Poe or Hankins would really fill my my defensive line wet dream of the offseason and that is You've got a strong, stout front four with Branch, Sue, a Don Terry Poe, and a William Hayes. And then on passing downs, you bring in Jordan Phillips, you bring in Cameron Wake. also allows you to take things a lot more slowly with Jordan Phillips. I mean, when you look at him, he can play dominant football for about two drives a game. And then the rest of the time, it, to me, he's completely lost, can't find the ball. Not there yet, but, you know, he's also somebody who's in his mid-20s, and it's also a position at defensive tackle that takes a few years to come around. So we'll see what happens with Poe. There is a lot of meat left on the bone out there in the defensive tackle market, and it won't take the Dolphins much to upgrade the position, so we'll see what happens. Free safety became suddenly a need when Isa Abdul-Kadus had his career ruined and had to be released by the Miami Dolphins at 27. Just a tragic thing. Hopefully – He's somebody that comes back in a, in a year or two for another another team and uh, makes a second career out of himself. But the Dolphins signed Nate Allen, one year, $3.4 million, former Philadelphia Eagle and Oakland Raiders.
1: I liked it so long as it provides depth. Because for me, Nate Allen's a guy that, that really comes in here and, yeah, Miami's got Michael Thomas tendered. Yeah, they've got Walt Dickens under contract. We've beat this dead horse for a while now, and I know you and I have different feelings here. But really for me, Nate Allen is an upgrade at backup safety, whereas the other two are, are predominantly special teamers or nickel or dime backs. So for me, Nate Allen is that guy that provides quality safety depth if Rashad Jones goes down or if what I'm hoping happens and Miami drafts one of these stud safeties Because, really, the defensive back position in this draft is insanely good. And I would love to see a free safety come out of the draft here, somebody that's going to pair with Rashad Jones in his five more years here in Miami for a good long while to, to form a really dynamic safety duo back there. Because that's how you win in today's NFL. One of the ways, anyway, is by having that dynamic safety duo back there that can stop the run and be a monster in the passing game.
0: I can't make any bones about it here. I hated what the Dolphins did in the back seven in free agency uh, so far. I I did not like Lawrence Timmons. Nate Allen made no sense to me. Uh, You you know, I I understand he had potential before, but this is a guy that's played 400-something snaps over the last two, two football seasons, and not very good either, and he's 30 years old, and I mean, you're really hoping for a rejuvenation here uh, on a Nate Allen, and I, I didn't care for it too much. I think Michael Thomas will win the starting free safety job. And, uh, again, I, I look at Rashad Jones and the contract extension. I love Rashad Jones. Always have. Loved him when the Dolphins re-signed him the first time. I was heartbroken when he went down last year. But to me, five years, $60 million, $35 million guaranteed is absolutely insane. And here's why. Number one, the Dolphins, when Jones was out of the lineup, their their defense actually improved greatly last year. Now, that's not saying anything bad about Jones, but it has shown that the Dolphins can win without him. Number two, to me, this is a player who is going to be 30 years old at the end of the year. And when he loses a, a step, I don't think this can be a cerebral football player in the NFL. When he's 32 or 33, I think he's finished because he's not going to be able to rely on that great speed and that explosiveness. Now, now, I mean, the, the upside of that is Rashad Jones is not going to have, we're not going to have to worry about a, a holdout with him. He's a happy camper, obviously. And and you did pay somebody who's been a great player for you, but five years, 60 million, 35 million guaranteed. I mean, I, I thought that was nuts.
1: It might prove to be down the stretch. I, I think for right now, and, and given the ascension of the cap each year, it, it may turn into a deal that, that's not ludicrous by the end of it. There's there's a lot to be seen with it. But one of the things for me in terms of Miami's defense is, yeah, they did improve after he went down with an injury, but that was he went down with an injury right around the time that Vance Joseph finally figured you play your press man corners up on the line of scrimmage, not 15 yards off the ball. And playing those corners up, cut off so much of what offenses were doing to pick this defense apart that it was insane, not to mention it played to the strength of the corners themselves. So, yeah, the defense played better, but I think it was more a schematic thing than the fact that Jones was out because a lot of the attributable issues in the defense once they did that – you can look at the fact that, you know, you had, you had Butler in there, but also Bakari Rambo back there fielding stuff in the middle of the field and, well, not even fielding stuff in the middle of the field, basically just saying, here's the open spot, throw it where I am because I won't be here when you do. So, I mean, it's it's a trade off. I think if we had had Rashad Jones down the stretch, this defense would have been even better without him, or with him than they were without him. And I'm excited to see him back, even though I did get a little surprised at some of the numbers there.
0: I have no doubt that the defense would have been better with Rashad Jones and with with Bakari Rambo. My point was that Rashad Jones, the Dolphins still did okay without him. And I I, I didn't see this as a player at this point in his career, 29 going on 30, that you absolutely had to make by far the highest paid strong safety in football. Uh, and I think he's the highest paid overall safety in football too. But the good side of that is you, you at least have a – right now a great player back under contract so the safety position still remains potentially a need at at the free safety spot because between Nate Allen and Michael Thomas I'm not quite sure if the Dolphins do have a starting caliber player there too I I mean I I gotta tell you I'm showing my hand here but yeah I I am not that excited about what the Dolphins did here so far in the offseason I mean I thought there was an opportunity for them to spend their money wisely to really show and build a consistent message here for the future. And, and part of that is not by paying players who are 29 to 33 years old. Uh, I, I didn't care for that. And that's a good segue into the tight end spot that I was actually okay with when I found out that Deion Sims got a three-year, $18 million contract, $10 million guaranteed. You know, I, I was thinking Dolphins could have got him back for three and a half, four million $4 a year. So obviously the Chicago Pairs think a lot of them. Dolphins responded, we got the word a few weeks ago, but they traded for Julius Thomas, who Adam Gase is very familiar with, very excited about, and brought back 33-year-old Anthony Fasano on a one-year deal. Paul, what, a, what do you make of the tight end
1: spot? I actually, because of the Fasano re-signing, I like our tight end spot for right now. I mean, granted, it's not the youngest position on the team, but I know Adam Adam Gase is, is really used to Julius Thomas knows Julius Thomas' strength strengths and weaknesses, and, and we can't even list blocking as a weakness, just an incomplete, because he just doesn't do it. But he is one of those players that create those mismatches. And when you go to those two tight end sets, you've got to hit to Fasano on the field who can be effective in the passing game. I won't say dominant, but I will say effective, especially given the fact that he's going to be your tight end two in those sets. Now, he may see the field a little bit more than Julius Thomas because he can block. He was the best run-blocking tight end in football last year. And I'm not going to be upset whatsoever, because every time I see Anthony Fasano come running out of the tunnel, I wind up getting excited just because of his striking resemblance to Lieutenant Donnie Donowitz over in in Glorious Bastards there, because it cracks me up every time (laughs) I see him.
0: Yeah, I'm excited to have Fasano back. I mean, 33 or not, uh, he's turned into just an outstanding blocker in the NFL. And uh, Max Himmerlich was talking about, Fasano on, on some other show or tweeted or something. And he said, this is the guy that when the Titans played the Broncos and the Raiders, this is somebody who at times one-on-one was blocking Von Miller and Khalil Mack. I mean, mm-hmm. that's the type of blocking threat that you've got here at the tight end spot. And I agree, Paul. He's, he's not a great receiving threat, especially at this point in his career, but that's what Julius Thomas is there for and he's a fantastic uh, run and pass blocker. So we'll end the, we'll end that on a good note there, Paul. Overall, what is your grade on this offseason so far for the Miami Dolphins?
1: I think I'm coming in a little bit higher than you because I didn't view it as a spectacular winning March offseason, but I thought it was a good offseason plugging some holes thus far and, and setting up for the future. There are still some holes to be plugged, but for me, it's a B. I mean, it, it showed the culture change and – I'm good with that. I I don't need them making the splashy free agent signings every offseason, and they weren't completely inactive and asleep like apparently the Jets have been so far. So I'd give these guys a B. I think they solidified for moving forward and plugged some holes with some stopgaps in some places.
0: I do like that they re-signed Kenny Stills. Um, I thought at defensive end, to me, their biggest need, even though Branch was a little pricey, I like that they have a three-man rotation. Uh, I also, too, like I'm very anti-free agency, so that's probably why I'm frustrated with a few of these signings. But uh, I'm glad they didn't go and give 14, 15 million dollars to Dante Hightower, Calais Campbell. Um, I'm glad they stayed out of that part. Overall, I'll give them a C. I did not like what they did at linebacker, at safety, at guard. And at at tight end, you know, I I felt better about it when I learned what Deion Sims signed for, which was six million a year. So, yeah, it it really depends, though. But the picture has not been completed yet, and that's the important thing that I have to remember and and what our listeners have to remember, too, is, you know, to me, if the Dolphins come away with a Don Terry Poe or a a Zach Brown or a Jonathan Hankins to really add another piece to that defense at a good price, then I may take this grade from a C to a B- minus or a B, and then plus we still have the NFL draft that we'll get into here over the next couple of weeks. So, that will wrap up our free agency look at the Miami Dolphins up to this point. And if it's not on the right side and it's not on the left side, it is on the inside. side. Solo D, take us home.
1: It ain't the left side for the right side, and it must be the fence side. It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the fence. side. Listen, Dolphins fans across the land all tuning in to see what Brian Cat and Paul about to do with. We rep our team, you can't change, stop or ruin it.